I'm Charlie Mount. And I'm Jeff Rack. We are the co-artistic directors of Arcane Theater Works, based here in Los Angeles, California. And this is our new podcast where we discuss the weird and fantastical worlds of sci-fi, horror, mystery, and fantasy. Welcome to... Invasion of the Pod People. In print, on stage, and on screen, there have been countless interpretations of that modern Prometheus, that original mad scientist, that alchemist in galvanism and lightning, Frankenstein. In this multi-episode series, we dissect, discuss, compare, and contrast some of the best and least known versions of Mary Shelley's immortal story. Joining us in our discussion is our special guest, monster artist Phil Joyce. The show is being recorded outdoors at the historic Zorthian Ranch in Altadena, California. The Many Faces of Frankenstein. Episode 9, Mel Brooks and more. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? In one form or another, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein has been reinterpreted dozens of times on film, television, on stage, and in print. With the ubiquitous monster encountering a variety of mummies, wolfmen, vampires, and even Alvin and the Chipmunks. I am going to turn you into a mindless zombie. Don't you have to have a signed permission slip? Countless other properties have used the Frankenstein tropes as a template for stories about robocops, Sith lords, and sweet transvestites. Let's take a look at a few and discuss what our own versions of Frankenstein might look like. My name, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Yeah, so there are so many different incarnations of Frankenstein that we could go on. This, this podcast could be 10 hours long. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, so let's, let's just kind of, you know, do a little roundtable about some of our favorites or some of our least favorites. You know, it's, I think one of our big favorites, of course, everyone's going to agree, is young Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the greatest spoof, like we were saying, outside of um, Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I mean, the script is, is just fantastic. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just so tight. It just moves. That movie moves. Mm-hmm. And the cast couldn't be a better cast. Yeah. I mean, everybody... I mean, you think about that movie... I mean, first, you know, I think of Marty Feldman as, as Igor. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that image. Yeah. But, I mean, everyone in there is stellar. You know, I mean, every, you know, uh, Frau Blucher, you know, Clarice Leachman. <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't have really... Yeah, where, where's the horses now when we need you? <laughs> Uh, you know, but that's the thing about the film. It, it's it's like Princess Bride. Yeah, you could quote that film. Every every line oh, of that yeah, film of is a quote, mm-hmm. and you could spend all night doing that. Uh, and and I remember after seeing that movie, you would be doing that. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Walk this way. You know, I mean, all those things. You know, <laughs> what? Uh, you know, and they were almost going to cut that scene out. Walk this way. They were going to cut it out of there. Oh, yeah. you know, and they said, "Well, hold it into the previews and see." And it got the biggest laugh. And I, and then the yeah. editor say, "You want to cut it out now, Mel?" And he goes, "No, I'm no." We'll keep it in. I, you know, I, I watched it recently too, and I, I, I was, I not surprised. I was like, 
man, this is probably the best thing Gene Wilder's ever done. Mm. He's so good. Yeah. He's really, his comic timing in it. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, he wrote the whole thing, so he was totally tuned into that character and what he wanted to to do about it. You know, as good as the script was. Yeah. Uh, if you if you watch some of the uh, you know the outtakes and some of the, 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 the Mel Brooks was great. He does because he had good people, mm-hmm. he had good yeah. improv people, people who worked well together, <laughs> and he did a lot of alternate takes. Yeah. So they would change the lines, they would change intentions, they would improvise, yeah. and Mel would shoot them you know ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty times, and they would just try something. So as good yeah. as the script was, they were all on board for improvising that day mm-hmm. and finding the best. Yeah. thing that worked right, right. D- d- despite whatever was written on the page right mm-hmm. you know so they were all great about that and uh, <laughs> it's you know you know and that's that's what they say about directing it's 90 percent casting and, yeah uh, you know, when they were cracking each other up I guess you know um, Gene Wilder had a hard time keeping it together you know yeah. with Marty Feldman <laughs> you know and that Just scene that, the, yeah. one of the fa- my favorite scene I think there's so many but one of my favorite scenes <laughs> is, mm-hmm. is when uh, the wife arrives right, right? Yes, when, when when she arrives, <laughs> you get the bags. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know, Madeline you know, Kahn. Yeah, Madeline Kahn, and she's so she's great. But when you know, he goes, he goes, uh, you, know, you take the blonde, I'll take the one in the turban. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then it starts biting her, you know, yeah. her, you know, mink chinchilla, the yeah. white one, you know, and then it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. oh man, yeah. that is that is just it's, it's, hilarious. It's too, it's, there's not a moment in that film you can't, no, you know, just bring up and start laughing. It's also it. a yeah. very beautiful movie. Shot in mm-hmm. black and white. Shot. Yeah, and they yeah, had the, really. they had using some of the same sets, right? Using yep. some, at least some of the same. Props. Well, they, 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 they used the equipment. The equipment right? Fadden actually came, and he was still alive at the time. Yeah. He came and he set everything up the and he yeah. set the whole laboratory back up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's really the first time since the original film that they used all that stuff again. I had heard you know, even in the sequels of Frankenstein, they didn't. Yeah. You know, they didn't really. There was an that. attempt, wasn't there, to make that film canon? I mean, even oh, even yeah. when, when Gene Wilder first walks into the laboratory okay. and the camera pans across all that wonderful equipment, mm-hmm. you hear yeah. uh, dialogue from the original films. I don't think they're actual sound clips <laughs> from the films, but you hear, you know, his father or his or his grandfather speaking. You know, it's, so they're, they're they're making a conscious effort right. to, to tie, tie in. directly into the three big yeah. Yeah. Universal films. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. Mel Brooks is a which big again, fan. like in Abbott and Costello's meets Frankenstein. Um, Play the play the horror real, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, <laughs> and it works. And it worked. Oh, yeah, great. that's funny. And so, so what about um, what about Wilder's Franken- Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Frankenstein character? Frankenstein, yeah. What, does does he go through the same thing the other Frankenstein's have gone through? He's not. He's definitely not a Hammer Frankenstein, right? Right. Um, no. He's, 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 he's more like Basil Rathbones. Yeah, he yeah. is kind of right. like Basil. Yeah, which, like which is actually Clyde. what you think about. It's like the son of Frankenstein. He's like a cousin right. of, of the Frankenstein that dies. He doesn't have the obsession, right, that Colin Clive had? Or Well, he does eventually. He eventually does. does. He, it might work. It might work. Yeah. It, it could work. No, it definitely, you know, at that, be- at that end when he's the, the lightning flashing and those goggles yeah. and but stuff. But remember in the beginning, there's a scene where he's doing a seminar in class. Right, and, and he's like my f- grandfather. Is it grandfather? Yeah, or father? I think it's grandfather. It's grandfather. My my grandfather was a crackpot. <laughs> he totally, you know. Yeah, he's trying not, to keep yeah, but he divorce comes himself it. from. Yeah, it. it's, it's, it's basically yeah. the same journey Bezel Rothbone goes yeah, through right. in Son of Frankenstein. And, and, and of course, they did, they did, they 
were inspired by that film mm-hmm. yeah. so much in, in terms of characters and production man, design. Was. He, has, he has to do it as a Frankenstein. Right. He has to do it. Yeah. My name is Frankenstein. Yeah, that's that's a great moment. He finally yeah. comes around. It's yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, but, you know, but with with all with all films that um, that essentially are more spoofs mm-hmm. than homages, I think this yeah. leans more towards spoof than homage. Really, I I don't know. It's I, yeah. I, 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 it's definitely an homage. It's an homage too. Well, I mean, and the, except and the whole... because it doesn't it doesn't pan out in the ending. It, it cops. Yeah. I think it cops out in the ending. It, it, has, it has definitely a sketch comedy you, ending. You kind of see Mel Brooks's yeah. fanboy come through a little too, though. I mean, it's, it's definitely it's both to me. Yeah. You know, what I mean, because, like you said, it's it's lovingly recreated. Yeah. You know, like the original. Yes. So that's homage for sure. Yes. More, you know more I mean? than just a spoof. And the, and the black and white. We talk about the black and white thing. Yeah. So you know, he had just done uh, Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. yeah. right? That same year. Was Those it? two films came out the same no year. Way. They, they did. did, yeah. So Blazing Saddles was like they this did? a monster hit, as yeah. we all know, right? Yeah. And that was for Columbia Studios, right? What was well, Columbia was it Columbia or Warner's? It was Columbia. Blazing was, Saddles. I think so. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they shoot on the water a lot. There's a whole the whole I end of the movie takes place on the water. Well, they went to Columbia for to do Young Frankenstein. Oh, okay. And uh, they said. Uh, you know, they said, "Okay, we'll do it." You know, he had this big hit. I think it was a wonderful. But we want to do it. We want to do it in color, in black and white. Yeah. And that's they said, "No, we cannot do it in black and white." What? Yeah. And so that's when they that's went. Crazy. You know, they went to another studio, another studio. Didn't Universal you know, do it? No, it wasn't Universal, <laughs> but they should. No, he's saying the back yeah. in the day, Universal did it in black. I and know. White. Yeah. So, so they, yeah, so yeah, so they, yeah, so they. I mean, so they, they lost out on that. I'm film. surprised Mel Brooks didn't want to go through Universal to do it. You know, you know what I did like. I, you know what, what I did like about the film, which makes it more of an homage than a spoof. You're right. Mm-hmm. Is how much attention Wilder and Mel Brooks paid towards the dignity of the monster. Mm-hmm. That right. that that yeah. he was. You know, there, there was a little bit of a fudging in that he wasn't the same monster yeah. as before. But they kept talking about him as if. He's the monster that did everything before. Right. He was always <laughs> reviled before. He, he yeah. was born yesterday. This guy. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole new monster with an abnormal brain. Abnormal. Um, but there was a there was a, a real sense that mm-hmm. you know uh, that that they played straight. Yeah. That yeah. This guy deserved a friend and he deserved respect. Well, Peter Boyle, you know, let's not forget what he brought to that role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's going for those butterflies. You know, he's yeah. reaching out and I mean, you you, had, you know, he brought that pathos back. You know, really, to that to that character. You know, mm-hmm. so you know that's that's definitely a homage to Karloff and 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 the, and the and the creature, the monster. Yeah, definitely Karloff. You know, more than any of the other. You know, Glenn, it's weird, that, Glenn Strange. And, and 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 it's interesting because <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what you want in in the Frankenstein story. You want the the, the creator yeah. to turn around and say, I, I love you. I mm-hmm. mean, and Wilder does that yeah. in this exactly. film. Exactly. He he's locked in the room, yeah. and he finally right. looks at him and says, right. this is a good boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like this a is Jewish. a nice boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, finally. Yeah. Finally, yeah. there's a Frankenstein that looks upon his creation with love. Finally. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that, that's what's my favorite part of the film. Yeah. You know, the last yeah. one. And I think that's what, what uh, Gene Wilder wanted to bring to it, too, was that, that whole feeling of, you yeah. know, 
So again, it's mm. it's it's successful because they 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 stuck to the you know the basic motifs and they mm -hmm. honor it and there's an homage. But then they mm -hmm. bring something new to it. Yeah, Hammer yeah. brought something new to it. Gene Wilder brought right. something new to it. Right. Yep. And that's what kept it fresh. Yeah. That's why yeah. it was good. Gene yeah. Wilder was excellent. But it's definitely one of you know I'd say definitely in the top five, my top five favorite uh, comedy movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Of all time. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I mean, there's a lot me, of great it's, ones. It's but... number one with Mel Brooks. Number one. Yeah, definitely Mel Brooks is number one. For, yeah. for me I mean, too. I like producers. That's <sighs> a, some well, cer certain aspects to it. So that's a, so that's a great one. What what yeah. is a bad Frankenstein? A bad Frankenstein. Bad movie. Frankenstein movie version play. You know, I mean, there was. Book. You know, there's the Toho, the Toho <laughs> versions. Yeah. You know, yeah. Japanese. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do they do Frankenstein? Yeah, Godzilla versus. I've seen their Spider-Man, uh, Gargantuan. You yeah, know, they, the, they're. Um, that's a bad one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of bad ones. <laughs> um, what about the this? Because there's some modern ones. There was a um, a film with uh, oh, it was the Irish actor Sean? Um, oh, what's his name? I should have I should done my research. Yeah. on this. It was, a, it was a series called Frankenstein. Sean, what's his name from uh, Lord of the Rings? Oh, Sean Bean. Sean, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yes. Yeah. Oh. He plays. It's, just, it's actually it's just it's it's, it's the, the Frankenstein Chronicles. Yes, the Frankenstein oh. Chronicles. Right. Which I watched. Yeah, I, um, I was going to. Which what? deserved another season before they canceled it, but it was really good. Oh yeah, I wanted to watch it, but it only went one season. Huh? Yeah, and it, it sort of approaches the Frankenstein story and legend, you know, from over here. It's mm -hmm. a completely original story. Huh. But. Um, Using a lot of the same motifs and ideas, I thought that was really excellent. The um, Kenneth Brogna film, mm. for me, I, because, you know, it, it was called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. It should have been called Kenneth Brogna's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little too much of Brogna well, with know. his shirt off and oiled up. <laughs> but had, had heels. Yeah, had some great moments. Yeah. yeah, there was, and and like you said, De Niro's performance. There was some De Niro's some performance was great. I liked um, the Sting film with uh, the uh, the Bride. Oh yeah. I thought that was nicely done. There was something. Mm. You know what I liked most about that film was the uh, the monster's journey in that film, where he joins the uh, the traveling huh. uh, circus and he befriends the little person. And that whole journey was interesting. I wasn't so interested in if you, Sting as Frankenstein. Yeah. If you have a lot of time on your hands, <laughs> an interesting adaptation is the TV movie made in the early '70s with uh, Michael Sarazen. Oh, called right. Called the, the True Story of Frankenstein. Right. James oh, Mason. I know that. How was, it? I, I saw it a long time ago. I don't um, even remember it. I remember it, the Dracula it, with Jack Palance. That yeah, one. it's a. Is it? Oh, I saw that. It, yeah. It's not the same. It's not a Dan Curtis production. Right. It's called the True Story of, of Frankenstein or Frankenstein: The True Story. And, right. Um, I can't remember the. I can't remember the the actor. This British actor that plays the Doctor. I can't remember who Whiting. But the monster's more more. Uh, he's handsome, right? Yeah, he's, Michael Sarazen. Yeah, he's not. He's not. And he comes, and it's you know, written by Christopher Christopher Isherwood and Don Bacardi wrote the script. Oh, okay, now I have it. Yeah, Chris, I love Christopher Isherwood. Oh yeah, so okay, and it's Berlin stories. Right? Yeah, right, right, uh, cabaret, right? Oh, uh, turned into cabaret. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but Isherwood wrote the script for this, so it's a, it's got a little different twist. It's interesting to watch it. Isn't it interesting? That's from the seventies, you said. Yeah, seventy three, and uh, that was the same era that made. You know, Dracula. Yeah. Handsome yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Romantic. Yep. Right. Franklin and, the, and the Dr. Jekyll yeah. and Mr. Hyde with Palance was good, too. That was also Dan Curtis, right? That was Curtis, yeah. But this is this is a whole different... Different, yeah, different production Yeah, because Dan Curtis company. also did a Frankenstein 
with Bo Hopkins or Bo? Oh, Bo, yeah. Not Bo Hopkins, another Bo. <laughs> and it, it was, eh, it was okay. Mm. But this this one's kind of more, it's, 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 it's complex and it's, I think it's like four, it, it was a mini series when I was a kid, I so it was over. Yeah, it's, it's starting to sound familiar. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. But James I, Mason's heard. great but in it, too. But it's, um, hmm. It's, it's interesting that they, yeah, he, it, you know, Isherwood was gay, so it has a, a little bit of a that undertone to it, where the 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 doctor creates this sort of beautiful creature, and there's almost like a a rom a, a romantic thing going on, mm. which, which brings us to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. It, but it's interesting too because you know Sarazen plays him as this idealized creature, but he starts disintegrating, and and. He's falling apart, and he's getting these welts on his face eventually, and he he, he becomes... Oh, gross. so he starts actually deteriorating. Yeah, it's almost like the opposite of Dorian Gray kind of... Hmm. That's almost like a Flowers for Algernon kind of uh, thing, where you yeah. created beautiful, but then you start right. to... Right. Yeah, revert. And, and, they, and they, he makes him a mate, too, played by um, uh, Jane Seymour, and she's, you know, beautiful Jane Seymour, and she becomes repulsed more and more by the creature as he becomes more... Repulsive. <laughs> yeah. so as he as he starts to dissolve. Yeah. But it's it's interesting it's to watch. What places you can go with this story. I don't. Yeah. Well, you're talking about Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Show. Rocky Horror. Yeah. That's a you yeah. know, that's an interesting you know take yeah. on, on the monster and all of it. They kind of incorporated yeah. their own version of. Well, know, they took the, the Frankenstein story, but the then bride. they really brought in you know elements of B movies and mm -hmm. you know, all of that. You know, yeah. Science fiction double yeah. feature. Yeah, it's true. Great stuff. And isn't there isn't there a, a new version of Frankenstein coming out now? I, I, I read something. <laughs> probably. There's always, always, always going to be a new version. Be one. Oh, yeah. Penny Dreadful. We talked about yeah, that's, we talked a, that's a good recent. In the '60s, let's not forget um, a few things. Well, before we get to the monsters, of course. The monsters. Is, but the the groovy ghoulies. Do you remember the groovy oh, ghoulies? Yes. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. And you know, which was. You know, basically, the Groovy oh, Ghoulies was uh, laughing. You know, yeah. they had little short little yeah. things and chunks, and, but they had, you know, like a rock Frankie band. was, you know, Frankie was <laughs> Frankenstein. He was, you know, and they all, and then they yeah. were, had their own band. You know, everyone had a band. They were tied in with the Archies and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and then you had the, um, you had uh, um, Frankenstein Jr. and the Impossibles. Do you remember that show? No. Frankenstein. No. He, was, he was a giant robot. You know that. Oh, uh, and he had the, I have a and the very dim memory. The boy rode on him. You know, and and he had rocket boots. And it was called um, Frankenstein Jr. and the Impossibles. <laughs> and the Impossibles were the three, you know, guys that can transform. They were also a band called the Impossibles. <laughs> they didn't hide them too much, you know, and they transitioned to their superpowered, like Fluid Man. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> was it Fluid Man, Coil Man, and uh, Multi Man can meet multiple God. people. God. But I remember oh. I remember seeing I really was a big fan of Frankenstein Jr. How about that I, was, I like, just you know, remembered one. How about Blackenstein? Blackenstein. Remember Blackenstein? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh classic. Yeah. yeah. And Blackula. After Blackula they yeah, made Blackenstein. Sure. Yeah, and the Toho movies were um, Frankenstein Conquers the World. That was the, that was the, and War of the Gargantuans was. That know. was, a, I loved that one as a kid. I remember War of the Gargantuans. Yeah, the big yeah. blue guy. Yeah, that was a good film, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I remember liking that one. I did too. And then we good. have the Munsters. The Munsters. Of course. You know, which was, uh, you know, that's, 
Yep. I mean, again, that's one Universal. of my all-time favorites. Well, yeah. again, again, we. I used to point out the Monster House when I was a tour yeah. guide at uh, Universal. All right. That was Universal's trying to capture yeah. their glory again. It's right across the street from. Um, uh, house, I think it was Beaver's House. Yeah. Beaver's House, right? <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they do something? Mockingbird Lane. No, that yeah, Mockingbird 13, Lane. Thirteen, thirteen, Mockingbird. Didn't they? They Desperate Housewives. Didn't they shoot on the same yes. street? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They, it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. He turned it into Wisteria Lane. Yeah. Yep. They're all facades. They're not full houses. They're just facades. Right. Oh, the Munsters, though. Great, yeah. Great uh, oh, yeah, I remember. I, th- I think great that I, when you brought up the Munsters when we were talking about this, I told you I would tell you my uh, uh, Grandpa Munster story. Al Lewis. Al Lewis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll make it quick because it's not all about Frankenstein. But uh, back when I was doing my magic act, I got booked with with Al Lewis to do a college. Oh, fun. My agent drove us out there to Pennsylvania from from New York. Oh, wow. Transylvania. To Transylvania. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pennsylvania. How fitting. Um, Yeah, he picked us up in in New York, and and we drove out, and we both sat in the back seat. And it was like an hour and a half out to this college gig. And I had no idea what the hell is Al Lewis going to do. Right. What's, his, what's his act? Yeah, I, I right. Don't know what his act is. But I'm going to open for him. Yeah. We do like 40 minutes, an hour of magic. All he has to do is turn into a bat and, you know, yeah, exactly. he's got an <laughs> audience go. in his palm of his hand. Yeah. So we're sitting in the back of the car and we have an hour and a half to kill. And he starts telling me his life story, which is fascinating. He started off wow. as selling snake oil Jesus. in small towns in the Midwest. Huh. He'd go into a town, rent a hotel room, fill the bathtub with water, pour in some chemicals, put he had bottles, and he would fill this crap up with the bot, you know, oh the bottles, God. put labels on them, go out to the middle of the town, set a fire in the middle of the street to gather a crowd, right. and sell. Snake oil, step right up. Huh. And that's how he learned how to speak, you know, and how to be, you know, how to be quick. Yeah. Witty, yeah. You know, and from right. there he got into radio, and from there he got Vaudeville into television. Too, right? Was you know. he in vaudeville? Uh, no, not really. Oh. You know, he, uh, he, was, he went right into broadcasting. And um, he got Car 54, where it was just mm-hmm. where he met Fred Gwynn. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Then he got the Munsters. Yeah. Yep. And uh, told me the whole story of, you know. Uh, at first, Fred Gwynn, and this is the only reason why I'm telling this story, uh, the Munsters based on the Universal Monsters, yep. you know, the makeup and everything. Right. They had the rights. And they were, they're rehearsing it, and they're working on it. And he said Fred Gwynn was at a complete loss, had no idea what they were doing or how to make this character work, how to make this Herman Munster character work. Right. And then one day he just came in and said, I got it. He's a fop. Herman Munster is a fop. And he just played it as this big, silly, funny, you know, fop character. Wow. And and it took off from there. He picked up the laugh, I guess, from a grip on the show. (laughs) He picked that up from a grip. So so he tells me this whole, it's an hour and a half, he tells me his whole life story. Jeez. Just to finish my story. (laughs) <laughs> and, he, and we get to the gig, and I get up and I do my show. Yeah, right. And it's, the college kids, I love doing the colleges. They were great. Yeah. And I did like I don't know, I did like 40, 45 minutes or something. And then Al gets up. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, what's his act? <laughs> you know what his act was? Huh. Every goddamn thing he told me in the backseat of that car. Oh my god. He then told to the college kids. So you were basically. I'm, I was his his, his rehearsal. Yeah. Warming you were up. you were the rehearsal person. Warm yeah. He just he just tells stories. And he, did he tell it wow. better? <laughs> well, I mean, he had me to warm up with. Yeah, know, so. right. Um, did he put more into it? <laughs> so he just, he put, he, you know, he put he a few extra jokes. But he did like an hour telling story after story after story about his life. Wow. And uh, well, so when on the ride home, we both slept because we had nothing left to talk about. You know, we both done our acts, and that was it. Right. And you drove home with him again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drove all the way home. He was done. You drove home, and, yeah. you, and you said, so, Al, is there anything else? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I don't think he... He don't think he did a lot of colleges after that. That's about when he opened his restaurant in New York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Grandpa's. Grandpa's. And then he was he got really into politics. 
Didn't he run for governor in New York or oh, something? Oh, I don't know. In Queens or something? I don't know. Right. But anyway, that was, that was But there's another case of, of catching there. lightning in a bottle, you know what I mean, in, oh, in, oh, yeah. you know, in that show. Because that cast was just amazing. And those two sure. together especially yeah. were fantastic. And, and you've seen in them trying to, you know, remake it. Yeah. That it just never quite, no. you know. And they you know, never quite yeah, come together. Yeah, do you remember, you know, Lee Merriweather? Yeah, was Lee was, yeah, she was yeah. in the... We know Lee from, from Theater yeah, West. And, yep. And she was in the the made-for-TV thing. Yeah, right? which was done in color, which kind mm-hmm. of, I thought, killed it a little bit. Yeah. But it was television. They insisted they on the color. John Shuck. John Shuck. Yeah, John was, Shuck. Shuck. Yeah. And then they got Edward Herman played in a, a Herman Munster once on t- in a TV movie. And it Did was, he? It was a flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they actually got... I th- they I they got... I saw it in a documentary. They got Edward Herman played Herman, and they got the originals. I think Fred Gwynn had passed on at that point. But they got uh, Yvonne DiCarlo, Grandpa, Butch Patrick, and I think I think the original Marilyn, I think Pat Priest, or not the original, the second Marilyn. Mm-hmm. But they got him to be in a scene in a restaurant. And Herman, oh, they had Herman him with a little walk-on was, cameo. Yeah, it was like a waiter or something it was it was a bomb, <laughs> but yeah. it got it got him back. You know, the, the got a little fan, paycheck. The fans of the old show love. So I guess the takeaway here is that Frankenstein is here to stay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Part of our, many many more. And he's very the the character the story is very malleable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can but form think, it and think, shape it into I so many the, different the things. The ones that succeed are the ones that stick to the you know the 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 elements that have made all the good ones work. Yeah, which is yeah. you know redemption. You know. Dignity for, and where would Halloween? Mm -hmm. Where would Halloween be without Frankenstein? Yeah, Yeah, even like you said, even even with um, you know in the Munsters, you know Fred Gwynn's portrayal of Herman, you know is there's the pathos. You feel for that guy. You know, you feel for him. You know, even though he he thinks that he's you know he's no different than anybody else, (laughs) which is what makes that great. Fit in. Yeah, I have a little Munsters trivia. Apparently, you know Fred Fred and. Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis were kind of kind of came out of comedy, like uh, I guess sort of like a um, not, not like a, really a Groundlings type of thing. They were probably doing that kind of mm-hmm. improv, more, more Al Lewis, I believe. But they were they were comedians, and they in the pilot they had a, a a woman cast as Lily, in the the pilot who I forgot her name. The original pilot, Joan Marshall or something, mm-hmm. and, and she eh, wasn't quite right. And and they, the, the producers decided to, to try out Yvonne DiCarlo, and both Fred and Al said, Yvonne DiCarlo, she's a movie star. She's this glamorous movie star. I'm like, she's wrong, all wrong, all wrong. And Al Lewis was like, then, then they brought her in, tried her out on a show, and he's like, boy, were we wrong. <laughs> she, yeah. was, she was perfect yeah. for Lily Munster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like the magic, like you said, the chemistry between the cast was just... Yeah, uh, I don't think you know. I don't think even think the Adams family got had the chemistry they had <clears throat> as a show. Yeah, I like the Adams family too. I, I was always yeah. torn between those two. They're completely different right. styles, but uh, well, that's a whole episode right there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's, let's pit them against each other. Get people to. Find <laughs> I know. I would like. To, I'd like to hear that. That'd be you interesting. <laughs> but let's uh, little do a little wrap up. Little wrap up. Um, what would you like? To do for your version of Frankenstein, if you if you were to create Frankenstein as a TV show, comic book, anything, what you know, what would you? I don't I don't want the whole story. Just 
What, what would you like to see done that you've never seen done? You know, you asked me this question before. <laughs> and you had no answer before. And I'm, I had been thinking about it. Yeah. I just know that, you know, for me, I, I always kind of tend to go towards, um, you know, the, the, the classic, you know, try, try to, you know, tell it as close to the, you know, the original version as it is. But what is the original version? You know, I mean, it's like so I'm talking about trees. Yeah, well, I, I yeah. mean, I, I'm I'm more, you know, yeah. it's the movies that I'm more, you know, that's what inspired that I, you as a kid. Yeah. That I that's your inspired version. by, you know, but not the novel. But then, you know, um, I want to do one little quick shout out here to Bernie Wrightson, mm. uh, Frankenstein, oh, yeah. that he the the artist oh, that he he did his version of Frankenstein. Um, have you ever seen that, Charlie? Oh, you told me about it. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Anyway, he incredible. spent seven years, and and he he was trying to adapt it as a uh, he was a comic book artist. He did the mm-hmm. Swamp Thing, and he was going to you know adapt it into uh, a, a you know a graphic novel, but he couldn't figure a way in. He couldn't quite figure it out, and finally he decided that he was going to do. I think there's about fifty plates. Yeah, you know, basically, you know, yeah, and and he and he did the artwork uh, in the, it's all black and white pen and ink. Um, and he did it in a way that you know would be like it would be done in the period of the time the, eight, that, the, that the novel came out. Eight years. So it looked like you know an etching. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, um, Guillermo del Toro has like a number of the originals of I that, but it does, is like yeah. they are incredible. They're stunning. Yeah. But, and his version yeah. of Frankenstein <coughs> is also very uh, unique, and and I think uh, in my in a way to me uh, kind of the iconic. So you're saying you want to Look. kind of bring that to life? So that would be the uh, it would be to bring something like that oh. Bernie Wrightson version. That would be cool, you know, of mm. of of it to life. You know what I mean? Because he has because he has the um, the theatricality mm-hmm. of it in the drawings, mm-hmm. and yet there's that uh, groundedness in in the reality to such a degree. You know, I mean, even in the detail of the lab with every little would you wanna, beaker and, you know, uh, that, that would whole Would you want to see it animated in his style or in a, f- or a live action version? Or? You know, I, that's a good question. I mean, it, it seems like I'd, I'd like to try and make it s- realistically, mm-hmm. but in that um, um, super realism. Where it's it's, it's yeah. you know it's 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 yeah. you know because that's the thing if you think so about so you're really approaching this from you know from a from a designer point of view almost well know? kind of I mean An aesthetic yeah because but also because he went to the original source of the novel when he uh, uh, you know did his drawings mm-hmm. and um, so you know so it's still based off that original source but it's uh, you know it definitely has a theatricality and in all of his drawings. Uh, it's not just you know the creature. Sometimes there's, there's close-ups of the creature, and you know, but a lot of it, it's in the settings. Yeah. You know, he has this, these incredible settings. So, mm-hmm. you know, being a, a you know somebody who's into production design and art directing and settings, <clears throat> you know, that really you know captures my imagination. I've never seen anything done like what he's done. When's the first time you, you know? saw his Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein? Well, I saw it, when it pretty much when it first came out because I, I was following everything that Bernie Wrightson did at the oh. time. So, uh, And I have a copy of it, but I don't Me have too. like a hardbound copy, and some of those are pretty expensive I, these I days. I have it, yeah. But... Uh, I have a, I have a but that's where I'd like to, that's where I'd so like to go yours. with it. Yeah. What, what would yeah. yours be? I have, I, have, I have a copy signed by Bernie. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, I'll buy it from you. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> Cost you a pretty penny. No, my, um, I, 
interesting. I, that 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 actually would be very interesting Something to see. Something you want to see? Yeah, I would like to see that too. Bernie Wrightson's version, but I, I've always been wondering what 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 would be the perfect film adaptation of Mary Shelley's book. <clears throat> you know, like front to back, like not like actually visually how she would describe everything and maybe a miniseries. Yeah. It would have to be something that long. I mean, I, th- I think that, that one I described, the Frankenstein, the true story written by Christopher Isherwood and Don Bacardi, I think that they were, they were trying, they to, were trying to get pretty true to the Shelley book, but mm-hmm. I'd like to see something that's really like, you know, <laughs> might not be a, a, a horror film per se, but you know, it would have definitely have to have so once again more grounded in the, the, the reality of the yeah. of what the novel was. Yeah, maybe maybe in a more <coughs> romantic style of, of that era, mm-hmm. the, the romanticism of. You mean like uh, um, um, early eighteen hundreds? What? <laughs> no, Francis Ford Coppola's Frankenstein. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. He did Dracula. You know, is that what you think about? That's true. Oh, yeah. But no, I mean something. I don't know something like that, something really. Closely ad- adapted from the book, yeah. just real, really pure. Would okay. be, just to see what if, if somebody could visually make that make that make, work, make it work. Yeah, I think that would be yeah. a lo- some sort of long form mini series yeah. or limited series thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Charlie? Well, I, I don't have a specific um, narrative uh, in mind, but what I would like to see. Is, is changing who the monster is. And, you know, I'm coming at this from my own sort of scientific, atheistic point of view, where I would like to see, instead of, uh, you know, a, a cautionary tale about messing with science or trying to be like God, yeah. and I would like to see it actually work. I've never seen that. Hmm. I've never seen a noble scientist try to conquer death and it work out. Mm-hmm. Instead of Oh no, we've opened the portals to hell. Yeah. Or that's right. I have, you know, <laughs> you know, risen above God, therefore I must be punished. You know, I, yeah, I hate right. I'm getting tired of that. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see it actually work. That's true. And then the monster so he creates life. And it's perfectly but fine. Always and he punished. doesn't reject it even if it's ugly. And it grows and, and, and but there are there are really interesting moral implications to that kind of story. Maybe we're moving. where the true monsters become the people that don't like it. Right. Maybe in reality we're moving towards that now. I think that's not no. untrue. I mean, you look at maybe maybe it's cloning. Maybe it's a story about cloning. We're, we we still haven't really dealt with the moral yeah. implications of cloning. What if he, he, he becomes death. a broker on Wall Street? That's, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, but then you got to hate him. <laughs> stem, exactly. stem cell research. I want, and all I want, that I want the, the the villains to be the people that just. You know, like yeah. like um, like Carl Sagan wrote in uh, his book Cosmos. You know, the idea was that uh, if there would be a portion of the human race that would really freak out if we did find evidence of mm-hmm. extraterrestrial intelligence, right? Because sure. that would change our view of of where our place is in the universe in the eyes of God. Yeah, right? and religion and everything and else. That would all. There would be a certain <clears throat> yeah. group of people that would truly. Resist that, and hate that. Right. I think the same thing would be true if we conquered death. Yeah. Or if we were able to create oh. life, there would be people that would just not want to celebrate that. Right. Um, yeah. In fact, there's a there's a woman in our theater company, hmm. Theater West, Christy Giovanni, who wrote a very interesting play years ago, 
about uh, some people went off on a camping trip and uh, they were all scientists and one of them revealed that she had uh, created a, a cure for everything a cure mm. for every disease mm. wow. and the other person decided you have to die mm. because we can't have everybody be alive right yeah. right you know, there's, there's just, no there's room not, there's not resources right for, right no room. so so yeah. there are there are interesting yeah. moral implications to uh, conquering death and, yeah. and creating yeah. life that I, th I would find very interesting. So mm -hmm. that would be my story. That's also kind of Mary Shelley-ish when you think about it. You know, Frankenstein story, conquering death. I mean, that's where it all comes back to, but yeah. in, the, in, it, your, in your version, the, it actually works. Yeah. 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 What, what, what happens next? Right. What happens after that when it actually works? Right? Hmm. Well, all right, so this was fun. Yeah, this is fantastic. So um, I hope I hope uh, people listening uh, <laughs> have as much fun as we had fun uh, talking about. Well, that's the end of the many faces of Frankenstein. We hope you've enjoyed it. And though that's the end of the series, it's just the beginning of our show. Jeff and I will be back, and we'll continue talking about all things weird and fantastical, from Captain Marvel to Captain Kirk from Ray Harryhausen to Ray Bradbury, from 20,000 links under the sea to a galaxy far, far away. See you next time. This has been a production of Arcane Theater Works. You can find us online at arcanetheaterworks.com. Don't forget to check out our other podcast, Theater of the Mind, Dramatizations of Fantastical Stories. If you enjoy our podcasts and would like to hear more, please support us on Patreon. Special thanks to Alan Zorthian and the Zorthian Ranch. And also to our guest, Phil Joyce. If you'd like to see Phil's artwork, you can find him on Instagram at PhilJoyceArt. I'm Charlie Mount. I'm Jeff Rack. And this has been... Invasion of the Pod People. Pod people.